Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Now, what did we see God do in the book today? He did something about sin. He's dead serious about it. But today, people think God's not going to do anything. He just wants me to be happy. He wants me to live my life however I want to. You know people that are doing this. We all do. If everybody who claimed to be a Christian honestly knew who God is, if they knew his promises and commands, and also knew the judgments that God said he will execute for disobeying his commands, then there would be a lot more repentance today than there is if people knew. That's why I'm standing here telling it. That's why we're pumping this recording out over the radio to people who are out there not coming in. They got to hear something. There would be a lot more repentance than there is. I want you to take notice how right after the Lord told Eli and Samuel that judgment was coming. We did that in the past chapters, past couple chapters. He said, judgment's coming. Your sons are going to die. All of a sudden, in chapter 4, the Philistines just show up. Did we, were we given a reason why they showed up? No. Poof, they're just here. Did you happen to see that? I did. They just happened to show up and Eli and his sons were killed, which fulfilled what God said was going to happen. He said, Eli, I'm removing you from the priestly line. You were not keeping control. You did not rebuke your sons. You didn't handle this the way I told you to. And your sons are going to die on the same day. And all of a sudden, here's the Philistines. He sent them. The Lord is dead serious about sin. Problem is, most people won't, don't believe that God would do such a thing. I want to show you in Ezekiel twenty-five seventeen what God says. He says, I will execute great vengeance on them with furious rebukes, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon them. Well, Ray, that's not the God I believe in. Let me introduce you to the God of the Bible. You need to know him because if you don't, I guarantee you, you are in error against him. And the reason I'm telling you is because you need to get right with him so that you can be in his will and his blessing because you can't be unless you know who he really is. But this is why the Lord sent the Philistines. They did not know him. And God had to judge all the willful sin. One time he had to remind Israel about their sin in Deuteronomy 9 and 7. He said, remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness. Sin provokes God's wrath. And that's easy to understand. Psalm 7 and 11. It says God is a just judge. And God is angry with the wicked every day. No, God's just love. God just wants to bless me. God just wants to give me things that make me happy. God is angry with the wicked every day. If God is a just judge, then that means he is not evil for taking out his wrath upon sin. Because people have this mindset, if God really does these things that you're saying, Ray, then that makes God evil. No, he's not. He's just. God does not answer to you. You answer to him. Let me ask you a question, 
parents, <laughs> does it make you mad when your kids give you an attitude? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I can see some looks on faces. They're like, Ray, don't get us in trouble. We're sitting right next to dad. <laughs> when your kids cop this attitude and they blatantly defy you and disobey you, yeah, it'll steam you up. Makes you mad. Well, God set that up so that you'll know how he feels. I think that's why God made us parents. You realize God could have put all humanity, all creation on the earth at the same time. We all could have been the same age. We all grow up together and we all died at the same time. Why did he make a lineage? I think he needed us to be parents so we could experience what it's like for him. For those of you who believe that God only judged like this back in the Old Testament. Well, God doesn't do that anymore. We're under the new covenant now. That's different. It's di- Let me show you something. I want to show you some New Testament stuff. Oh, I thought of y'all too. Because um, I've heard enough of people saying, oh, that's Old Testament. It doesn't hold for us anymore. We can still do what we want to and I'm going to sin and even whatever. God's going to be fine with it. No, he's not. Colossians 3, 5 says, therefore, put to death your members, which is your body. Therefore, put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire and covetousness which is idolatry because of these things the wrath of god is coming upon the sons of disobedience now you would be absolutely amazed of a lot of the people i have warned about these written offenses that anger the lord and within a short matter of time they are out there committing these sins 10 times worse than they were when i had first warned them and why do I warn them? First Thessalonians 1 and 10, because I want them to understand Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. There is a way out, but it ain't your way. It's his way. Friends, God is dead serious when it comes to sin. What else do I have to say? It's in that we read it in the book. I personally know people who are deceived because they follow a false God that they made up that says sin is okay. And they learned how to make up this God because their culture is telling them that he exists. They don't realize how serious God is about sin and that he actually does execute harsh judgment against sin. Let's take it further. (laughs) Further? (laughs) Yeah, I want to nail this in. First Chronicles 10 and 13. We're going back Old Testament again. And there's a reason for this. I'm going to show you. It says, so Saul died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord. Stop. Did y'all just hear that? I'm going to say it again. I know you heard it, but I'm going to say it again for emphasis. Saul died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord, because he did not keep the word of the Lord, and also because he consulted a medium. But he did not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, he, what? Killed him. Did I write that? Did that exist before we were born? Did God write that? Then that means don't jump on me. God killed him for his unfaithfulness. God doesn't do that. First Chronicles ten thirteen. read it. God killed him. Saul never asked, hey, Lord, what should I do? You know what Saul did? He said, hey, culture, what should I do? Hey, personal opinion, what should I do? Hey, other guys that don't serve God, what should I do? He never consulted with the Lord. He was unfaithful. Now, I'm going to bring you back to the New Testament again, because I'm going to, I'm going to pick up off of this. First Corinthians 10 and 1. 
Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased." For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our what? Examples. These things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. What do you think that means? You know. Rose up to play, verse 8, nor let us commit sexual immorality, see there it is, as some of them did, and in one day, 23,000 fell. Verse 9, nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed by serpents. Do you literally see that God had snakes go get them? God sent the Philistines, he's doing this, he has to. Because he's a just judge. Verse 10, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition, which is warning. They were written for our warning upon whom the ends of the ages have come. This means that the reason this terrible stuff happened to these people is because God made examples out of them for your benefit. Should they have gone for nothing? We should ought to learn from this. He says, I don't want you to be unaware. You need to learn this. Imagine if those people came back from the grave to warn you, if they could, you know what they would say? If they could speak to you, these people that God made examples of here, you know what they'd tell you? They'd say, stop sinning. God is dead serious. Listen to him. Do what he tells you. This kind of reminds me of the rich man in Luke 16. Y'all remember him? He was that guy who was condemned and he was in the flames and he begged for somebody to go warn his brothers so that they would not end up in the flames where he went to. Can you imagine, and this is part of the thing that drives me in ministry, imagine that people, there, that there are people you have known in your lifetime who are in flames of condemnation begging you Listen to this pastor. Listen to what he's telling you. Repent of your sin. Don't come here. That's in the Bible. This guy was thinking of his brother. Somebody go get them. Somebody warn them that they don't come here. To think there's people there that know me thinking the same thing. And if they knew I was a pastor, they'd say, get them, Ray. Almost everybody knows that verse, you know, that says, if my people humble themselves and turn from their wickedness, I'll hear from heaven and forgive their land. And it sounds so lovely. And and, and it is. But I bet you a hundred bucks, every time you've ever seen that verse painted on a wall or on a t-shirt or on a bumper sticker, the verse right before it is always omitted. And when that verse before it is omitted, it destroys the context. So I want to show you the whole thing. Second Chronicles 7.13, he says, When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Who sent this stuff? The Lord God does. And it says it. I don't agree, Ray. Fine. Don't agree with me. But you've got to reckon with God's word. I'm putting you to the pages, not me. I'm going to walk away from this feeling just fine. You deal with the Bible. I didn't write it. (laughs) Question then. Who sent the Philistines against Israel? God did. Why did he do it? Because of their sin. So let me ask you another question. Who sent coronavirus? It's easy to answer that question when you're pointing at somebody else. It's a little harder to answer that question when we're now the ones in it. Look at the passage again and notice where it says, when I send pestilence among my people. He didn't say send pestilence among unbelievers. He says send pestilence among my people. That means those who are believing. If you look up the definition of pestilence, it says fatal epidemic disease. Who sent coronavirus? Guys, we have got to get a hold of this. I'm serious. The Lord God sent that. Now, Ray, you've gone off the deep end. Hey, I built the case biblically already. God says he sends these things. The Lord sends, as it says, he sends fatal epidemic diseases. Why? To humble his own people. To get us to pray. To get us to look for him. To get us to turn from our wicked ways. He's not talking about unbelievers here. He's talking about us. Those who are called by his name. Christian, have you really been giving God the service he commands and is worthy of? If you demand to get a full gallon of gas for paying the advertised price, then why do we not give God our full selves knowing that Jesus paid the full price for us? Friends, you got to know God's word. Stop listening to what culture says. We need to stop praying for God to just take the coronavirus away. Because when we come to know who our God is and stop trying to pack him into a box of politically biased, culture-twisted limitations, then we will see that it is the Lord is the one who sent this pestilence as a judgment against our sin to get his people to humble down pray and turn from their wickedness. Only then will he hear and forgive and heal our land. Tough stuff. I tell you what, I struggled doing this message because I didn't know how I'd be taken. But you know what? I don't care. The Lord has been sending ministers to us for the last 50 to 60 years. Warning us that judgment is coming and not many of them have been listened to. Any nation that has willfully murdered over 70 million of its own unborn children has totally lost its mind if they think God is supposed to answer to their prayers like a good luck charm and bail us out of a pandemic just because we want to go back to making our money and eating in our restaurants. Guys, I'm I'm, I'm putting my finger straight on the pulse of today. How should we pray? How should we pray? You cannot demand that God take out your enemies if you are the enemy against what he loves. If you are an enemy of God, you can't ask him to take your enemy out. You can't stuff God into a box like the Israelites did. 
Who got judged in this chapter? Israel or the wicked Philistines? Who got judged first? Israel. Israel got it first. Why would God take his wrath out on his own people first? 1 Peter 4.17 For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? It's going to be worse. You know what? God haters hate this kind of teaching. And I will not be anyone's ear tickler. I adamantly refuse it. If you want somebody that will, you need to go find somebody else that will do it. I'm not going to do it. Those who will not listen will curse God's name when the judgment comes. And they're already doing it. Just turn on the TV. They're cursing God's name. If Israel should have known God's character, then we should know God's character by now too. You cannot control him. You cannot manipulate him. You can't debate him. You can't argue him out of acting in a way that he wants to act. We obey God. He does not obey us. And friends, this mess that we're going through, it is on a global scale. It's not just here. Judgment has started. And the best thing we can do is stop believing the world's view about it. Stop believing what they tell you it is. Stop blaming it on the Republicans. Stop blaming it on the Democrats. Stop blaming it on the president or, or Pelosi. Or Everybody's freaking out, I know. Man is reacting in a wicked way to all of this, and they're doing a lot of crazy stuff, but it's not political. It's not them. Believers must understand God sent this judgment. And we have to realize first why he did it to get his people to turn back to him. And if you want to survive this crazy time, then stop trying to limit God in your life. Repent of your sin. Make Jesus Lord of your life. Because all this wrath that we read about today, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Ray, you had me scared for a while. There's your way out, the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not, he did not set you up for this. We set ourselves up for this wrath. He's given you a way out the whole time. Romans 5.1. Y'all read this with me because I'm going to make you say a word. Okay? Y'all ready? Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore... Having been justified by faith, we have what? Peace. Peace. Say it again. Peace. Peace. What's all this stuff we've been reading about today? Turmoil. Chaos. Craziness. People dying. Ichabod. The glory is gone. Everybody's keeling over. Breaking their necks and dying and all this stuff. That doesn't sound very nice, Ray. But we have peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where your only peace is going to come from. I've got a lot of friends, they're starting to say, I'm tired of being lied to. I'm tired of the fake news, any network. I'm tired of being lied to, lied to, lied to. I'm tired of being, having things stolen from me. And I tell them, every week I teach truth. Come get some. And they won't come. America, what is it going to take? What is it going to take for God's people to humble down and turn back? Judgment is here to destroy and to steal. And today, most Christians are making the same mistake that the Israelites did. did. 
They're despising God except for when they want to drag him out onto the scene to bail him out of trouble. But I can help you with your battle plan if you're willing to hear it. And I'm going to close with this. I'm going to help you with your battle plan. Our first action is to repent of our wickedness and consult with the Lord first. Pray. If you don't know what your sin and wickedness is, ask the Lord to show it to you and he will real quick. You probably already know before you ask. (laughs) But he's willing to forgive it. Pray. And people hate this kind of message. But the Lord has sent you a guard dog. And I am barking as loud as I can at the thief that's hiding in our culture. Don't be so intoxicated with the world's deception that you mistakenly beat the guard dog. I'm just here to warn you. Father God, thank you for your word. Tough a word as it was today is very corrective in my life. Lord, I, I, the scripture means one thing. But Lord, the application with people is going to vary. Yes, it's all about repentance. And it's all about getting right. And it's all about listening to you. But Lord, people's applications are going to come into various pockets of how they are going to put it in their life. Guide them, Lord God. Show them. Direct them. Lord, it's better to have a dozen or so good, faithful disciple servants than try to give a watered-down message over 5,000 wicked ones. Lord, this may be a small church and we're going to get by and survive the best we can, however small or big, doesn't matter. That your word is proclaimed is what matters, Lord God. And that people respond and decide to accept it and integrate with the body of Christ where they lack. We will strengthen one another. But Lord, let there be no mistake among our comprehension here that you are dead serious when it comes to sin. And matter of fact, you are so dead serious that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die To take that death for us in our place so that we can be free of it. You killed, Lord God, your own son to spare me. And you didn't even have to do it. You did it because you love me. Lord God, get this message out to people. I have proclaimed it from the pulpit. I will share it with people I know. But Lord, the people in this room, they're the ones that's going to really get it out there. Yeah, I'm on the radio, fine. These are the people who are really going to share it because they're going to share it personally with someone. They're going to share it directly with those who aren't listening. Lord, give them the words they need to say, the warning they need to give. Give us the words from what we've received in your word today. It's not easy. It's awkward. But Lord, give it to your people. We want to see people saved. We want to see lives changed. We want to see baptisms. Lord, we want to see people give their life to you for real. And stop using you like a back pocket, little ace in our back pocket. We can't do that, Lord. You're bigger than that. Lord, forgive me for all the times I treated you just like that. Forgive me for all the times I never thought of you until I found myself in a bad situation. Lord, you are first. I follow you daily. I ask you how to get out of bed in the morning. What attitude should I have? What should I be thinking about? What should I do? Give me the battle plan, Lord God. I consult with you first. Thank you that you are the way you are, a loving God. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time unless Jesus returns for us first. 
Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.